Welcome to Doni Irian, a podcast where we will hear stories from nurses just like you that will validate, educate, and inspire you. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today we have Kiona Williams, a nurse that has worked in the OR for many years. She will talk about how she suffered a TIA after not dealing with her own burnout. Her healing started when she decided to take an assignment in a hospital that was located on a small island in the Pacific Ocean. The act of unplugging and focusing on herself helped her to get healthy and make changes that fit with her values. Please welcome Kiona Williams. How are you, Kiana? I'm doing great, Beth. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited to hear your story and have everybody else hear it and talk about what you're doing. Why don't you let us know um, what your nursing journey has been up until now? I actually started in 2005. I graduated from Charity School of Nursing here in New Orleans. And my first job started out, was going to be an L&D. Um, however, Hurricane Katrina happened, and after being stuck in the hospital seven days, my first nursing job, <laughs> we actually they actually closed down from damages, so that didn't go quite as planned. However, I did start in the OR, and I've been in the operating room um, basically um, thirteen years. Thirteen years, and in between, I've I've done some urology, some school nursing, a little med surge, just L tech. But my um, primary um, background is in OR. I've been in the operating room, local contracts, travel contracts um, per diem. When you went into the OR, did you find that it was a completely different world than what you knew out in nursing otherwise? Absolutely. Um, the operating room is so different. It's a different world behind the double doors. And it's the kind of training that you don't necessarily get in school. You don't necessarily get that exposure and details. So the OR is is highly specialized and it's really, really, um, it's a lot of details. So um, just being uh, properly organized to that environment is really important because, again, everything I learned, I actually learned in perioperative one-on-one as well as experience, but it was nothing that I got in the textbooks from. Yeah, and I've heard that uh, one of my past guests, Kim Klein, also talked about being an OR nurse, and it is completely different, and just the orientation, you don't get that in school, and so it is kind of on-the-job training once you take those jobs. Absolutely. And I know being in that environment myself, we do see bullying because it is a high stress area and the orientation is so hard. And when you have turnover, it's quite a loss because of that uh, extensive orientation. Did you ever come across anything like that? I've experienced it and I've also witnessed it um, in different settings. So um, in order, the thing is, it can come from any direction. It can come from um, another nurse that should be uh, orientating you or precepting you. It can come from a surgeon. It can definitely come from the scrub tech. It's like you're the new person in a room, you know, so everybody's pretty much waiting on you to mess up. You know, it was a joke. You know, the new nurse did it. And um, it's okay. And, you know, just with the joking initially, but when it becomes um, degrading, 
then it's an issue. And so, like, initially when I started in an OR, even though it was at a teaching facility where they had people that had been there uh, quite long, you know, much longer um, than I've been there. And, you know, there were times where I had to step up and say, you know, that's enough, you know, because of my perceived passive demeanor, you know, you're that person that they're going to try. Absolutely. And it's stressful enough when you're learning and, you know, being the new person in the room. And when you do get it from all sides, it really stops your success in its tracks. Absolutely. It can. Because you have so many responsibilities, along with being responsible for, you know, the patient and the patient's safety. You're also responsible for um, maintaining sterility in a room. You're also responsible for making sure that, you know, your scrub tech has what she needs, that your counts are done, done and correct, that the surgeon has what he needs, that, you know, anesthesia personnel have what they need, as well as, you know, standing there and supporting that, that patient, you know, before and after um, induction. So it's really, there's a lot of different parts of, you know, your role as a circulating nurse. So when it's hindered by um, unnecessary um, aggressiveness, it can be very, very discouraging. And I've seen a lot of nurses, a lot of nurses, and they weren't necessarily new nurses, but they were new to the OR that left because of that. I've seen the same thing. It Sometimes you just have to stick through it and get through that really hard time um, because a good circulator will make or break your day. I mean, you can just have a great day if you have a really good circulator in your room. And the same you see with scrub techs and surgeons. Um, I was working with a surgeon yesterday and I asked him, do they teach you kindness in surgery school? Because when you have a surgeon that's demeaning and degrading, your whole room just doesn't, it's not the same. It's a different vibe. I don't think we work as well as a team. Have you seen that as well? I have. I have. And, you know, I have this thing whenever I come in contact with somebody and they ask me about the operating room, my first word of advice is leave all the initials on the other side of the the door <laughs> because everybody needs everyone on down to EVS. You know, everybody needs everybody. It's a team effort totally. And we heavily rely on one another. So there has to be a level of respect. There has to be an understanding. I absolutely love that. That is so true. Anybody can change the vibe in the room. And when we just come in and we work as a team for the one person in the room that matters, which is the patient, that is, I love that you just said that. What a great way to live by. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for a while, we kind of have um, normalized the verbal abuse of, you know, how we've allowed each other, allowed others to talk to other people. And sometimes you even have to be um, the advocate for a coworker. You know, it's important. It's important. You never know what that person really actually is going through because even though we go there, you know, to our jobs and um, to give, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot. And when you're giving, 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 and on the other side, just constantly being attacked, it takes a lot out of you. 
And again, I've seen so many people just leave, you know, that I know had potential. But then you think about it, why should they have to deal with it? Absolutely. Why why would we stay in a job if we didn't feel that sense of security? I know. So you've precepted students. Yes. And and new nurses. And you say that you've witnessed that. Have you been someone that has had to step in and um, have a discussion about the behavior of others towards those new people? I have on many occasions. You know, it wasn't just, um, you know, in the room. It it could be an unfair assignment, something that, you know, they're they're not haven't even um, been trained properly on. And this was just this is not only with new nurses, but this is with new pets as well. And, you know, you have to speak up for people if you know that they're not comfortable and they haven't been trained to just throw them out there. is just not it's not the way to get things done properly. So there have been times where I've, you know, come in contact with people and I say, well, you know, she's in orientation. You know, she's not familiar with this procedure or, you know, she wants to count and now is the time because we're, we're closing. You know, it's certain things. And or you have to, even if you wasn't assertive before, you have to be assertive. You know, your patient really depends on it. Surgery is what I've known for the last couple decades. And I know that as I've watched through the years, people are becoming more assertive because one mistake can be a very poor outcome for that patient. And do you think that that happens on the floors as well? Do you think nurses are becoming um, a little more assertive? about the care of their patients? I would hope so. I would hope so. I do know that um, there's a struggle there as well. Well, from their preceptors and and sometimes, you know, from um, other staff members, you know, like CNAs, I have the opportunity to be a part of a group, new nurses on Facebook, just as a support person. And it's just, some of the stories are, are quite familiar. So I'm glad because initially when, you know, even though it was only 15 years ago, I don't know if we had Facebook. I definitely didn't have Facebook and um, <laughs> definitely didn't have that support, you know, but um, it is still a problem. It is definitely a problem. And I think that it's a multi-level problem. So it's not something that just, you know, myself as a staff or um a contract nurse could do, it really has to go to management and even above. It has to start with the, the actual culture of where, you know, of the organization. And I think the bigger hospitals get, the culture changes. It's harder to change the culture, I should say. Um, and I, it really has to start at the top with the culture change, uh, with the way administration listens to the people doing the work. And I think that's, I think we've got a big divide there that we need to close. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that has a lot to do with retention. You know, there is a lot of hospitals, they have these huge sign-on bonuses, um, just huge relocation, everything. And there is one here in, in the area, of course, I won't mention a name, but even when I'm doing contracts, you know, when I talk to the recruiter, I say, is this a sexist at hospital? And if I'm not interested, would they have several? I'm, I'm not interested. You know, I would tell them I am not a part of that. 
And I really mean it. (laughs) And retention is, it can be very costly if you're seeing people walk out the door. And so administration should take notice when they're seeing people leave um, and really get down to the bottom of why that's happening. Because they put a lot of money into recruiting, but I don't think they put a lot of thought into retention. And as you mentioned, that could be so, so expensive. You spent all this time actually training somebody and they're going to go somewhere else. Because I do find that nurses are coming out of school and they're and they're realizing I really don't have to deal with this. I really don't have to deal with this. Yeah, it isn't like it was decades ago. You just did did your work and you thought that you had to put up with that. But you're right. It's wide open out there for what people want to do. So have you dealt with burnout or have you changed what you're doing now because of the way you were treated? I have. I've definitely dealt with burnout and it affected me in so many different ways, almost to where I didn't even recognize myself. It it was a lot. And initially, I didn't really see the signs. I didn't really pay attention. I kind of just was, you know, just going along just going along with everything daily and not really pay attention to what was going on. And and then one of the biggest things was I suffered a TIA at work and ended up in ICU. And so my body had been giving me those warning signs, my mind, you know, forgetting things um, constantly, um, just always irritable, just, you know, not just moody, just mean. And that really isn't, that's not my personality. You know, I can remember I, I would be the go-to person to lighten up somebody else's day. And at one time, it was just like, I'm over this. Um, I actually took <laughs> an assignment out of the country, out of the country to a place I could not even pronounce before I read the email called Kwajalein in the Marshall Islands. And so this actually was a step back. You say, okay, well, how did you, you know, begin your healing while working? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> actually very low volume, very laid back. We didn't get any of the really big cases. But when I wasn't at work, I did not have the constant on call. I didn't have the constant my phone ringing because we can't find this at work, but even from anybody else, because honestly, your phone didn't work there unless you used it over over the internet. I didn't have the distractions of, oh, I have to go here. I have to do this and I have to do that. All I had was work and a bench in front of the Pacific Ocean. And that bench was so therapeutic for me, so therapeutic. And I began to kind of look at all the broken pieces because burnout doesn't just affect you at work. It affects your life. So true. It spills over into your relationships. And so I began to look at the broken pieces and I was able to actually, you know, start mending them together. Even when I would be in my room, it was just me. And that's how I began my healing. How long did that assignment last? It was four months. Four months. And they wanted me to extend, but I had to come back. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing opportunity, though, for you. And to realize, 
what you needed and how are you doing now? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I do contracts. Um, right now I'm doing, well, I'm going to start a local contract on the 10th, but I, I've been doing just COVID testing. So I have more control over what Kiona chooses to do. That's a big part. And so if it's too much, I can say that's too much. You know, even negotiating this contract, I'm like, okay, only three days, right? I mean, you can negotiate that. And I think that that plays a big part. You know, um, when you have a little more control over your, you know, your life, your your job, your whatever it is, when you have a little more control, well, you know what you need and what you don't need. You know, I'm, I'm honestly, Beth, I am not, I am not the overtime um, nurse. I'm not her. So I'm not motivated by that. But when I do go, I think it also makes it more enjoyable. I think um, we feel like we have to be available at all times. And so we are picking up extra shifts and coming in on our days off. And like you said, we're, we constantly sometimes feel like we're on call but we have to we have to stop that mentality and take a look at ourselves and how we're feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important. This isn't rehearsal, this is real life. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Yes, that is so true. You don't get another chance. No. No, you don't. You don't. So what are you doing now? Other than doing contracts, um also um I started a company, um, Holistic Balance LLC, and it's really geared towards nurses and other busy women, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to help with some of those um, strategies when it comes down to self-care, emotional resilience, burnout prevention, you know, just some of those issues that we, we don't really um, give attention to because we're so busy. We're busy being a wife a mother, you know, employee, um, whatever it is, business owners, you know, we're so busy, but we don't slow down and say, you know what, let's set some boundaries here. So that's the um, the name of my company, Holistic Balance LLC. And so um, I do speaking engagements. I do group coaching. I also do one-on-one. Looking forward to starting back with the, um, the lunch and learns, you know, to help other employees, you know, with burnout prevention, because I think if we can start acknowledging some of the deficits and issues, then that can prevent the burnout. I agree. And I think what a great time to be offering that service because we're stressed out anyway, and then COVID came. Right. And it is a totally different ball game right now. And I think, um, I think we're going to see more burnout before we see less. And I think it's really great what you're doing to help people realize that and work through that. Thank you. Thank you. And and just as you said, COVID didn't cause a lot of these issues. It just exposed it. Like working under staff, it exposed it. And I think you're right. It's always been there. And now we're just starting to talk about it more. Yes. And I think the public is becoming more aware of it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then I think there's a little bit more pressure to address these issues because it's now just wide open. So tell us how people can find you. My website 
is holistic-llc.com. Um, they can all, also reach me at Kiona at holisticbalancellc.com. On Facebook, I'm at Kiona. I'm still a Rose Williams. I'm on LinkedIn as Kiona Williams and Instagram as Kiona underscore. I'm still a Rose. That is great. Well, I hope that people can find you and uh, use the gifts that you're sharing because I think it will only benefit people. What advice or tips can you offer to nurses right now? Number one, can I just say, take your breaks. I used to be the nurse that would pass up a break because I thought nobody else can jump in and do it. So even, I mean, it sounds simple, but take your breaks. And even when you take your lunch, I really advise taking it off the floor. Taking it off the floor. If you get a 15-minute break, take a walk. You need to reset. You're constantly going, 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 and you need a moment to reset. And it's not going to hurt. The world will not fall apart. It won't. You know, and another thing I, I would definitely say to any nurse at this time to really evaluate where you are at this time because your personal goals and your professional life, they have to be in alignment with one another. Your personal values and your professional role, they have to be in alignment. Um, I know we say we want to separate it once we get in the house and close to go, but actually it's a big part of your life. So if you're just totally um, at odds with it, you won't be happy. You will not be happy in that environment. If people aren't happy where they are today, take a look at what job openings there are. Maybe it's time for a new direction. Maybe it's time for a new unit, a new floor, home care nursing, a new business. Businesses are flourishing right now. Yes, we have so many skills as nurses. So many skills that can be utilized in any way we choose. And we're so diverse, so diverse, so much diversity in this field. So many th different gifts that we have that can be utilized and to turn into business. They have people that actually help identify, help you identify, you know, and, and start. And don't be afraid to start. Just get some support. If you have ideas of things that can help nurses, help them in their job, make their jobs easier, do it because chances are people are going to need it and find it very helpful. And be grateful. <laughs> yes, I hear people talk about ideas and I think, do that. People would love that. That's a good thing. I hope people are inspired after listening to your story because you've come a long way. You had you know physical ailments and you overcame them and now you're an entrepreneur and with a successful business so i hope that people um, are really inspired by your story i hope so too i appreciate you coming on thank you so much for being here kiana thank you for doing this Beth. we need it thank Kiona for coming on the show today. I hope you are as inspired as I am after hearing her story. Maybe we can't all take an assignment on an island in the Pacific Ocean, 
but we can all make changes to help us be more healthy, physically and emotionally. Kiona reminds us to set boundaries, take our breaks away from our work, and balance our professional and personal lives to align with our values. And I'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. If you like the show, please share it with others. I would love to hear from you if you have a story to share. Find my email on don'teatyouryoung.com or drop in my Facebook group, Don't Eat Your Young, and leave me a comment. Until next week, take care and stay safe. Stay safe.